This is your host, Tammy Turner, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they've all made their mark on the Disney name. To find out more about the show and other episodes, head to our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Be sure to look below at the show notes in the show more section for links to our Twitter and Facebook pages, including videos and websites mentioned in the following interview. Photos and audio clips that are featured in the show belong to their rightful owners and are used for educational purposes only. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tier Talk Show guest, author Ridley Pearson, to the show. Welcome, Ridley. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm great, thank you. That's good. Um, it's just very hard to believe that it's been almost 10 years since you released your first book with the Disney company, Peter and the Star Catchers. I remember reading it back then. I was like, oh, I really, I love Peter Pan, and I love how you guys went into more of a backstory behind Peter Pan with Dave Barry, who was also a co-author on the book. How did you both approach the collaboration stage in creating the story? Because both of you are writing it. Yes, in Peter and the Starcatcher, we uh, had read some collaborations and we could really tell where one author was stopping and the other starting, and we didn't want that. So we, um, I had to introduce Dave to something called outlining. He had to look that up in the dictionary. And um, when he figured out what outlining was, we sat down and spent about a week uh, across a kitchen table from each other laying out all the bullet points of the plot and the character lines to Peter and the Starcatchers. And then we divided those plot lines by character. So Dave took the funny childlike characters and I took the adult and often psychopathic characters. (laughs) And if chapter three, every chapter had everybody in it, but if chapter three was predominantly a Peter and Molly chapter, then Dave would write the first draft, send it to me, I would rewrite it however I wished with no explanation, send it back. He would return that to me, send it back. We went back and forth, back and forth, on average probably six to eight times. So it took about three weeks to do a chapter and then um, moved on from there. And if chapter four was mostly the pirates, then I would write it and he would be the first guy to edit it. So we just, we called it ping pong. It was like hitting a ball back and forth. And recently the uh, the book was adapted into a play um, that just left the Brooks Atkinson Theater on Broadway and now it's touring the USA. Uh, so did you help work on the final script for that play? If I had, it wouldn't be touring the US. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Because it's such a refined skill. A guy named Rick Ellis who co-wrote Jersey Boys um, wrote the wrote the uh, is the playwright on it, and he's just brilliant. And he took a 550 page novel <laughs> and coalesced it down into something that actually makes sense on stage. Um, and it's funny because there aren't really that many scenes. There's one or two scenes from the book in the entire play, and yet when you leave, you if you've read the book, you really feel you just watched the book. So it just showed me the brilliance of these playwrights. And 
Rick Ellis's play is funny and charming and poignant. Uh, it's it got it won five Tonys. It got the best reviews a play has gotten in twenty years from the New York Times. Uh, it's just it's something to behold. If it gets anywhere near you, find it because this is theater like you've never seen it. I know. I just missed it when it was in New York, and I was going to try to go see it. But when it comes back to the East Coast, I will try my best to see it. I really do want to see it. <laughs> Excellent. It closes in Boston in June. Ooh, okay. Well, maybe I can I can hop on a train and, and head up there and, and go see it. I'm excited. Yay. Now we have to go to some sad news. So your last book of the Kingdom Keeper series, Kingdom Keeper 7, The Insider, will be released on April 1st of this year. And I'm very, very sad because I don't I don't like series, book series in particular, to come to an end. Um, but can readers expect a spinoff series in the future? They can. I'm working on it as we speak. Ooh. Uh, can you say anything or is it hush-hush right now? I don't know. I can, um, let's see what I can say about it. Um, I, I, can, I can give a couple hints. One is that in order to be an Imagineer, you have to go to Imagineering school. Mm-hmm. And the other is that if all this trouble arose in the kingdoms now that the kingdom keepers have had to battle, when did that start and how could it have been started? Ooh, oh, those are very good hints. Oh, this is exciting. Yay. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what, what's going to come out of this. This is going to be exciting. I'm really uh, just thrilled with these next three books. And uh, the series is called Keepers of the Kingdom. Oh, Wow. I love it. That's a. I like the. I like the switch. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So now, what has it been like to experience working with fans to create the final book? Because you have an app on the iPhone and I think Android as well, where writers can submit their written works to be maybe included in the book. We do. We have apps all over. Um, you know, all over every platform there is. Kingdom Keepers Insider. Uh, and it has just been, um, it's been such a rare, incredible outcome of, of this effort that I think we may try it again even. We, when, when I started my concern, I had, uh, I get, you know, several hundred, maybe a thousand emails a week from readers. And um, there were maybe three or four hundred within a couple month period where I realized, you know, these guys have read the books two, three, five, seven times per book Mm -hmm. and that they were really devoted readers. And in many cases knew my books better than I knew them (laughs) because they had read them more recently than I, and they had read them multiple times in a row. And I do that when I edit, but of course it's a very slow process. I edit these books four to six times each book. I write maybe 3,000 pages for you to read a 400-page book, but it's done over a 10-month period, so I don't get to just sort of sit down and read the book. And I thought how grossly unfair it was going to be if I decided the end without these three or 400 devoted readers. But in this day and age where people sue you all the time, I couldn't write them and say, hey, send me some ideas And if I like them, I'll put them in the book because I would face lawsuits. So I worked with a company called Caliloquy out of Palo Alto, um, an ebook company, and they developed an app for us that Disney ended up arranging and designing and paying for. And 
the app allowed me to work with people's ideas without being concerned about being sued. So what I did was post, I would post an outline on Sunday night. And then by Tuesday night, readers had to vote on what direction they wanted that outline to go. And on Wednesday morning, I started writing like mad. And by Friday evening, I had to have the, that chapter finished. Now, sometimes it was a thousand words and it wasn't too hard. Several of these were 11 and 12,000 word chapters. Wow. And it was, I was writing, you know, 17 hours a day on them to do this. Then four different editors would edit it over the weekend. I would make all the revisions, and on Sunday night, we would post that version of the chapter and a new outline for the next week. And we did this from mid-April to mid-September. Now, the 400 people, I warned the people designing this that we were going to have about 400 readers. And they said, you know, we think it might be a little bigger than this. Just hang in there. So sure enough, in the first week, we had about 400 people who registered on the site. The second week, we had 1,100. Oh, my goodness. The third week, we had 9,000. The fifth week, we had 25,000. And by about the tenth week, we had 55,000. Oh, my goodness. We had 150,000 people write the book with me. And I would also solicit these, these readers to write a description, maybe of an earthquake the earthquake effect on a temple or what would Disneyland look like if it was on fire or something that I knew I was going to use in the book. And we would get, I kid you not, five, six, nine thousand submissions. We would read them all and then I would vote and select the best one out of all of them. I would cut that text and paste it into the book. So 70 people have their work pasted into my novel. Oh my goodness. Wow. I, nah, I missed an opportunity, although I'm not really a good writer, but I'm very excited to see how how this really plays out in the book. I'm kind of disappointed that Disney hasn't jumped at the chance of making a movie because I I just feel like there's such a big fandom for Kingdom Keepers that, you know, the, even the fans could be involved with the movie and helping out with that. Yes, I've always wanted a movie to be made of Kingdom Keepers as well, and we actually have gotten close several times. Um, at the moment, I don't think we are close, but there's, uh, thanks to my readers and, you know, I just, and, and this has grown and, and grown in really a lovely, wonderful, fun way. And it's grown to the point that I think now Disney is paying more attention to it. And I've heard that there are other things in mind for the franchise and we'll just see what takes shape. That would be exciting. I know Peter and the Star Catchers has been picked up by Disney as well, so they're trying to make that as a movie too. So that's two different series you're having, hopefully being made into a movie. That's so exciting. Yeah, we wish. <laughs> but oh. I'm with you. It is so exciting. We'll cross our fingers. I really <laughs> hope so. But sure. uh, now I have some three fun questions for you. They're called the Donald, Goofy, and Mickey questions. Okay. <laughs> so first is the Donald one. So as a child, what Disney film would you always like to watch over and over and over again? My goodness. I would say probably Dumbo or Peter Pan. Did you have a, like a favorite character in either of those? Um, you know, I I had favorite characters in the in the live action films, um, but I can't think of a, a 
of being attached to a Disney animated character back then. I am now. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I love how you, like, incorporate them in the books. It's wonderful I I, to read. <laughs> I, I think I stalk Maleficent when she's in the park. But. <laughs> she's a really great character to see in the parks. I wish they would have more villains out so we can meet them all. As do I. <laughs> As do I. Just like a Disney um, villains series, book series would be awesome. Everybody like the new Maleficent movies coming out. I'm guess you're very excited for that too. I am. I can't wait to see what Angelina do- did with it. So we'll see. Oh, we'll see. Yay! <laughs> so now the goofy question. Maybe this will help because uh, we're transitioning to character questions. So, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person today? Ooh, you ask hard questions. <laughs> Probably Old Yeller. Oh, that would be... Oh, I love that choice. Oh, you're going to make me cry. No, I need... I can't think of Old Yeller. <laughs> I love Old Yeller. Uh, it's a very... It's a beautiful story. And I like that choice. Yeah, everybody usually cho- chooses an animated character, but you went live action. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then our last question is the Mickey Mouse question. So if I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Oh, gosh, there's so many. I think probably um, my favorite song in in the entire Disney opus is Feed the Birds from uh, Mary Poppins. I just think that's one of the more beautiful, beautifully written songs. But there are so many, aren't there? I mean, uh, so many great composers over the years and so many terrific songs. But Feed the Birds... Uh, I love Practically Perfect in um, in the new Mary Poppins play. Uh, it's just in the new musical. It's just so, so good. So uh, it would probably be something from the Mary Poppins because I've listened to that so many times in the last five or six years. Oh, that would, I love Richard Sherman. and Yeah, he is amazing, isn't he? All they could talk about was what a great guy he was. Uh, yeah, he's so sweet, so nice, and he loved the Mary Poppins thing on the on the dream. They had that show where they had the ch- uh, the kick your knees up step in time, and he came out, and I accidentally bumped into him and his wife, and he was like, "I had no idea they had he, they even put that in the in the show," and I was just like, uh, "Yep." Uh, <laughs> really aren't nice. the cruise ships amazing? I I could live on them. <laughs> I so can I. I'll live on them with you. <laughs> It's the perfect writing environment because you can get off, play around. Somebody else cooks all the meals. They don't have to do, I don't have to do the cornbread. And um, <laughs> everything's taken care of you and you're in heaven. I know. And you got to, you got to write a Kingdom Keepers book on, about the cruise. I did. Both book five and six took place on the cruise. I, Disney was sweet enough to give me five different free cruises. Oh, my goodness. You are so <laughs> lucky. One of them was a 15-nighter from Cape Canaveral to L.A., which is what book five and six are based on. A 15-nighter? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Through the Panama Canal. Whoa. It was, it was so amazing. Oh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Thank you so much, Ridley, for coming on the show. And, and listeners, uh, be sure to check out Ridley's new website at www.ridleypearson.com for more information about his upcoming books, how to follow him on Twitter, and how to like his Facebook fan page and all that good stuff. Thanks for having me. And on the site, you can look under appearances. And if you go to the parks, we're giving park attendees the special gift of getting the book nearly a week before everybody else. Wow. So I'm going to be in both Disney World and Disneyland selling books 
in one case a week before it comes out and in the other case about four days before it comes out. That's exciting. Yeah, everybody make sure you check out the website. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ridley. And I think we should like fly out of here like Peter Pan. <laughs> Thank you so much. 